is that my weeks, my school weeks and my work time kind of just spreads out because I never feel like I'm done. That's Katie Berglund, one of the countless students who took on online learning this year. Every single class is run differently and it makes it that much harder to like adapt. With Uvix suggesting that students spend 32 to 60 hours a week on class, there's been plenty of mixed feelings on the resources and support the schools provided for students. A lot of Uvix saying, here's resources, here's help, but not actually like making tangible changes that would make a difference for students. Hey, I'm Laura Smith, and welcome to another episode of the Martlet Pod a bi-weekly podcast covering some of the most important news stories from the latest issue of UVic's student-run newspaper. Produced here on the traditional territory of the Wakungan and Wasanich people in Victoria, BC. Also on this episode, enhanced COVID-19 measures have been put in place by the BC government, but so far will not affect students returning home at the end of the semester. Divest UVic teamed up with artist Emily Thiessen to paint a pro-divestment mural for President Hall. Students are feeling really hopeful that President Hall will bring new energy and enthusiasm for taking substantive climate action. And voting for the Victoria City Council by-election starts December 1st. The Martlet covers all the candidates and their platforms. First though, I'm chatting with Mary Haig, Senior Staff Editor at The Martlet all about online classes, what UVic has done, and how students and professors have responded. So, my name is Mary Haig. I am a fourth-year political science student at UVic, and this is my second year uh, working for the Martlet. I'm a senior staff editor, which means that a lot of my job is reading other people's stories um, and helping them tell those stories as effectively as possible. So editing the writing, fact-checking them to make sure they're accurate. But I do on occasion write stories as well. Not as often as I'd like to, um, but I'm trying to write a little bit more and actually co-writing is a really good way to do that. So I had a really good experience with this story. Awesome. So yeah, the story we are talking about today um, is about online classes, and I'm sure any students listening to this are very familiar with the concept of online classes right now. Just to start kind of really generally, um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about some of the ways UVic has responded to COVID and the online classes, um, and how students have kind of responded to that response there. Sure. Along with most other universities, UVic moved their classes online back in March. The summer term was online, and then this fall, most undergraduate classes are online as well, though there are a few things that that are being held in person. So for this article, though, we just focused on online classes and what that experience has been like for students. Um, In terms of how the university made that transition. One thing that I think is noteworthy that they did um, is they did buy a new learning management system, uh, Brightspace. We used to be on course course spaces, um, and now we have a slightly different version of that. And then beyond that, professors who used to walk into lecture halls and talk about their subject have had to figure out how to move 
their courses online. This obviously varies a lot by discipline. I think the one thing that really came across with the instructors that we talked to is that some of them have barely had to change the structure of their course. It's just delivered via Zoom. Others who are teaching things that require uh, more sort of experience-based learning have had to radically change their approach to their classes. So in terms of the student experience, I think it's really different for students even just based on what department they're in because how much their classes have changed kind of varies based on that. That being said, we are in an entirely different learning environment. So mm -hmm. even for people whose classes have like superficially not changed that much, the entire experience of this semester is very different for a lot of the students that we talk to. And I think I like I think that's that's something that really comes across. There's no sort of one experience of online classes that students are having. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of sort of shared concerns that emerge. You know, people have have small things about online classes um, that they like. One of the students that I talked to, Katie Berglund, um, mentioned that she likes, I think, having more sort of flexibility and that it's more self-paced. But overall, regardless of the differences in their experiences, students generally seem to be asking for more from the university and from their professors. So we heard a lot of concerns about even just how profs have moved classes mm -hmm. online. Some students are saying that they haven't done enough to sort of change the approach. And we also have heard from professors who, who claim that their, their colleagues are deliberately not um, doing enough to change how they're teaching their classes and are thus pushing work onto the students. Um, from students, we've heard a lot about workload, a lot of a lot of students saying they're working way more than they have in previous semesters. A lot of concerns about how this semester has impacted students' mental health, and a lot of people saying that the support provided by the university has been insufficient on that front. Um, and also concerns from specific students. One who we talked to. Uh, who has disability accommodations and then another student in a different time zone, concerns from students about the accessibility of online classes and how all students are affected by mm -hmm. the move to online classes, yep. but some are affected more than others. So I think that's really what came across for me is like people have had very different experiences with this, but there are a lot of kind of shared concerns. This is the response one student, Katie Berglund, gave when asked how online schooling has been going so far. Um, I think it's been overwhelming. I think that's a good word to use. There's definitely times where it feels like a lot and that it's really difficult to manage. A lot of profs just tried to take what they would teach in a classroom and put it online. And that's not really how you build a successful online course. And do you know, was there much like regulation for the profs when it went to like bringing their classes online? Or is it more UVic kind of just providing like do as much as you can in terms of similarity to your in-person classes? That's a great question. We are still waiting to hear back from UVic Communications right. for comments on a lot of things. Um, in this article. So I think I'm hoping that will be something that comes through a little bit more. Mm -hmm. In terms of what 
we've heard from professors, I, I think the answer is kind of tentatively no. I think they were provided with a lot of resources about how to move classes online, both pedagogically and then in terms of the tech involved. Um, but I, based on, there's, there's one prof who Alex um, spoke to who, who said in her interview that she, as much as she sort of prizes the independence given to faculty, she almost wished she had more direction about mm. what the university actually wants profs to do with online classes. So yeah, I don't, I don't fully know, but I, I don't think they had a ton of guidance. I also would note that students um, have complained of sort of a lack of standardization between classes, um, which does, again, seem to indicate that there, there wasn't a university-wide approach, but it's hard to say. UVic Communications did get back to the Martlet after recording this interview. They stated in an email that faculty and instructors have the responsibility of designing and teaching their courses, and that there are a range of practices across campus and across disciplines. They also stated that they encouraged instructors to reach out to students for feedback early in the course. And when you're talking um, with the first question there, you were kind of talking about how there's such a variety of student experiences. I know you to also talked to like a handful of different profs. Um, have they also had variation on like, have they felt about the online class move? I focus more on talking to profs about how they've adapted their courses and mm -hmm. sort of what aspects of that they've liked and haven't liked. I did say, I, I would say most of the profs that I spoke to were fairly positive about the support that they've received from the university. Um, a couple of the professors that Alex spoke to uh, said they either got too much support or not enough support. Right. Um, so there's, there's kind of a, a range of experiences there i think a lot of the profs especially so i kind of i picked professors to interview who instructors to interview who i thought would have had to do a lot to change their classes to move them online so i talked to someone who is teaching orchestra online and mm -hmm. i talked to two people who are teaching labs online um and i think because of the sample of people that i chose to talk to there is an acknowledgement that there's this is like a fundamentally challenging scenario you can't teach the practical skills in exactly the same way that you would if you were in person but i think they've kind of accepted that and made the best of it mm -hmm. um, and are providing sort of other skills and complementary material and adjusting future curricula here's a clip from mary's interview with stephanie calche a senior lab instructor at uvic the university has um, put a lot of effort, time, and money into um, resources for, fa for faculty, um, and they're constantly, in fact, I have too many emails about it, like I just can't, <laughs> I can't keep up with them all, um, but yes, they're, they're constantly doing that, and you know, from my conversations with faculty members at other universities, um, that's not happening everywhere, hmm. so, you know, we're really lucky, I think. Did any of the students you were talking to, of course, like provided lots of different concerns and um, dealing in this very strange situation? Were there some things that stood out that students like would like to see to kind of try to address those concerns? Or is it just right now kind of everyone being like, oh, my goodness, I don't know how to solve this, but this isn't right. 
Absolutely. So I think as much as there is kind of a variation of experiences and concerns, there is also a variation in terms of what students are asking for. Mm -hmm. But I think in general, two things stand out to me um, in terms of what students are looking for to make their situation better. Um, One is deeper change to how online classes are conducted beyond just the provision of resources. Mm -hmm. So UVic has provided students a lot of resources. Um, They have their whole Learn Anywhere site that directs students to resources to help deal with online classes. Um, That being said, I've had a student say to me, "I, I want more from the university. I don't just want to be pointed to resources. I want the university to make changes to how they're doing things to improve Mm -hmm. uh, students' experiences. So for example, one student who we talked to about mental health um, acknowledged that it's it's good that they've opened the Student Wellness Center and the 24-7 Support Connect line, um, but basically said, we also need a decrease in the stressors that are aggravating mental health challenges. So I think she mentioned decreasing tuition um, and opening up study spaces. So basically, students are acknowledging the existence of these resources, but they're also asking for more substantive change um, from the university to help make this situation better. I also think a lot of the uh, complaints about workload speak to that Mm -hmm. implicitly. you know, as much as you can provide resources about managing your time well, I think students would like to see a, a decrease in what's being asked of them. Um, the other thing that stands out to me in terms of what students are actually asking for beyond sort of systemic change mm-hmm. is an actual improvement in the resources that are being offered. Um, and that was another thing mentioned by uh, the one of the students we spoke to about mental health because she said again with some of she claimed that with some of the mental health resources that the university has provided students are getting told to um, like take deep breaths and take um, time for themselves and while that's you know probably useful in certain contexts I think students are looking for more in terms of support. So I think actually improving the resources that students have access to as well um, is is something they'd appreciate. Another, just kind of going back to talking about um, online courses, another kind of question, um, I'm not sure how much you can speak on this, but if people had kind of talked about how much what's happening now may transfer over to when UVic courses are back in person, like did any of the students or professors talk on how some of the ways they're going about teaching or learning may influence future in-person things? Absolutely. So this is something um, that definitely came up with professors. I'll try to think if I can think of any ways this applies to students. But to speak to profs first, I had, I think most of the instructors that I talked to said that they had um, parts of online classes that they will be keeping around. in the future. So uh, the I spoke to a senior lab instructor who's teaching um, a biological anthropology and an archaeology lab. And 
one way that she's adjusted her labs uh, is including more assignments that focus on writing and critical thought. Um, and that sort of emerged from the online environment because she has more time. She has more than this like two mm-hmm. hour window where yeah. students are actually sitting in her lab. Um, and I think she has found that valuable and like a good way to develop student skills. So I know you already mentioned quite a few of the concerns students have brought up about online classes, but I was wondering if there is any of those concerns you'd be able to dive into a little bit more and kind of explain why those worries have been brought up. Yeah, so one that I want to talk about a bit more for sure Mm -hmm. is the accessibility piece. I think there is a lot more room to look into this, and I think we should know a lot more about the accessibility challenges with online classes than we do because it's such such a significant thing. Um, But we actually, we had one student reach out to us with concerns about how the Center for Accessible Learning has provided accommodations or not provided accommodations in the online environment. Basically, they've been closed for in-person services since March, so they can still provide certain accommodations Mm -hmm. that students rely on virtually. Um, So, for example, if you got extra time on exams before COVID, you're still getting extra time on exams, as far as I know. Um, However, the student that reached out to us has been writing exams in a quiet room with a university provided computer at the center for accessible learning for his entire degree he's in the last he's in his last year now and he's now trying to find a quiet place to write his exams as per um his accommodations um in his home where he lives with a bunch of family basically Mm. and i think that it is important to underscore that as much as a lot of students are having challenges with online classes and that's very very important to talk about not everyone is affected in the same way and I think that's something that the university and us as part of the university community need to be paying attention to Mm -hmm. I will also talk about workload because I feel like I've specifically talked about mental health um, earlier but that was that's been a big message yeah from students that we've talked to um i one of the one of the first student that i interviewed what i think the first question i asked her was like how have online classes been going (laughs) and the first word she said to me was overwhelming um and i think that summarizes a lot of the interviews we've done very quickly yeah um alec who co-wrote this article with me spoke to the president of the economics course union And they did a survey of their members, I believe, where a majority of students said that um, they're doing more work this semester, substantially more work this semester, (laughs) um, than previously. And I, I think that's an important message for the university to be listening to and for instructors to be listening to. And I can hypothesize all I want about why there might be more work or why people Mm -hmm. might be feeling like there's more work. And that's not the point. Um, But I do think it introduces a responsibility onto instructors and onto the university to really think about the impact of what they're assigning, because this is 
a challenging environment in general and inundating people with additional work is not helping anyone. I do think a sort of interesting piece to the workload conversation is I think there are different expectations about what an appropriate workload is. Mm-hmm. And that's fair, and it's reasonable that different instructors and different students and the university have different perspectives on what is reasonable to ask from students. Um, but in the Inuvix 2020 guide to <laughs> online learning or whatever it is, they made this self-paced course about how to learn online. Yeah. Um, in there, it says that students should expect to spend between 8 and 12 hours a week on each of their online classes. So for a student who's taking four or five classes in a semester, that's between between 32 and 60 hours a week on their classes alone. <laughs> and like most students aren't just doing classes. Mm-hmm. Most students are working and trying to have a social life and try, many of them have family responsibilities. They're trying to take care of themselves and be healthy and exist in the stress that is a global pandemic. Um, so as much as I acknowledge that it's reasonable to have different expectations um, about how much work students mm-hmm. should be putting in, I do think there's a line um, where we're asking people to work vastly more than full-time hours, um, and that's a lot. Yeah, no, those are really good points. And I think, like, even just from what I've heard, you know, from people around me like it's all this work and then it's all online and I think the zoom fatigue thing is also like talked about so much because yeah you're on the computer a lot they all sort of play into each other I think and a lot of the concerns about mental health support I think are tied to workload Mm -hmm. and are tied to a lack of social interaction and are tied to challenges adapting something you used to do in person online and are tied to accessibility um so I think it all it's very intertwined um I think it's just a difficult environment yeah no it's definitely it's definitely the strange kind of unknown world we're trying to figure out and yeah I think your point that that all is very cyclical and very kind of yeah intertwined is a very good word for it it's not just this or that it's kind of all these things in a perfect storm of online yeah I also I would give Uh, I want to give a shout out to a few of the instructors that we talked to who have been really cognizant of these things. Um, The the anthropology lab instructor that I talked to, the first thing she started talking about was how they've deliberately changed the lab to decrease the workload, um, basically recognizing that students are being inundated with a lot of demands um, and that asking people to sit on their computer all day isn't really reasonable. So I think profs are aware that this is a challenging situation Mm -hmm. and lots of them are trying to adapt um two of the other professors that we spoke to um both mentioned that they've kind of tried to step in and be aware of their students mental health um and eliminate mental health stressors and also provide students an opportunity to talk about if they're having challenges so i think instructors really are a lot of instructors at least are really trying to make this better but it's just it's complicated mm-hmm. um yeah yeah complicated that's a good good summary yeah. um is there anything else that you think we've missed from the article or anything else you want to talk about 
I think one thing that comes across from the sort of array of different experiences and array of different concerns that students have is that the university has a greater duty to consult with students. So they sent out a survey in November um, asking students how online classes are going. And that's wonderful. Um, and I hope we see changes from that. Uh, but I think because so many of, because there's such a variation in student experiences, um, I do think it would be beneficial if faculties and departments and individual instructors did the same as well, mm -hmm. because there's such a diversity of feedback and challenges and experiences. Um, I think the university needs more information to be able to act on the situation. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Well, thank you so much for spending some time talking about online classes with me today. Thank you. This is cool. Awesome. We'll be back. Now just to wrap up with a few more pieces of local news. Besides online classes, COVID has caused some concerns for students hoping to head home for the holidays. November 16th saw one of the highest daily COVID-19 counts in BC, with nearly 2,000 new reports. In response, the government introduced new province-wide restrictions on November 19th to limit travel and gatherings. Right now, the province is asking people to avoid non-essential travel, but going home from university is okay. Individuals returning home from outside of Canada will of course have to follow the 14-day quarantine regulations. In non-travel changes, social gatherings outside your core bubble have been banned. And this bubble has been redefined to those you live with inside your household, or if you live alone, to others from another household. As of yet, there has been no major changes to UVic operations, but masks must be worn in all public places. UVic saw some unique art recently, as members of Divest UVic were joined by artist and alumni Emily Thiessen in painting a mural outside the Michelle Williams Admin Building. The mural read, President Hall, time to divest. The Divest UVic campaign, founded in 2013, lobbies the university to remove all funds that's invested in the fossil fuel industry and freeze future investments. This is not the first environmental mural Thiessen has been a part of. She was behind the giant street mural downtown during the 2019 global climate strike, and most of her other work is political. Proponents of the campaign have hoped that they'll see some change with UVic's new leadership. You know, very encouraged by President Hall's um, sort of receptiveness and um, response to divest UVic thus far. This is Emily Lowen, the UVSS Director of Campaigns and Community Relations. Definitely like a, a far warmer reception than we've see, re received in, in past years to, to similar tactics. And President Hall visited the activist twice during the painting session and attended a meeting with Lowen as well as Serena de Havilland, UVSS Director of Outreach and University Relations. 
He also stated in the video announcing his presidency that he believes climate action and sustainability should be the guiding force for future university decisions. And if you live in Victoria, another election is heading your way. Voting for the Victoria City Council by-election is happening from December 1st through 12th. Residents will be choosing the successor to Laurel Collins, who left the seat after being elected as Victoria's Member of Parliament last fall. You can check out all the candidates and their platforms in the last issue of the Martlet, either online or on paper. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you want more details on the stories I talked about here, or if you just want to read even more stories, make sure to check out The Martlet at www.martlet.ca. The Martlet Pod is produced in the studios of CFUV. You can check them out at cfuv.ca. I'm Laura Smith.